1: So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV.
0: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Monday night from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Sphere,
1: Kevin! I listened to your interview with Ozzie Smith, and I very much enjoyed it. You, you, were, you were clearly happy, and then <laughs> he made fun of your cowboys at the end.
0: <laughs> Tough. It was a tough deal for me. I was so overwhelmed. For those of you that listen to us on regular occasion, you knew that Martin Luther King Day in Memphis is a huge deal always. And now with the NBA, there is a annual Martin Luther King Day game. They have a symposium, which is brought by the National Civil Rights Museum, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. And every year there are different honorees for what they have done within the community and their advancement of many different things. And so this year it was like Calvin Hill, uh, former Dallas Cowboy, who is also uh, the father of Grant Hill. Renee Montgomery, who's a former WNBA player, who is now a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream. Uh, One of the greatest scorers in NBA history, Alex English, was there. And then Ozzie Smith who was my childhood hero. He was the guy that I had the posters on the wall of. He was the guy that I idolized. And I have never met Ozzy Smith in my life. Uh, But then with him being one of the honorees this year, he was scheduled to come into studio with me for uh, the Chris Vernon show that I do. And sure enough, he did. Now, I will say, I got very, very lucky, Kevin, because we go on the air at noon I, uh, he was scheduled to join us at the top of the show. He showed up at eleven forty-five. 45. Oh, so so showed all up of early. that. Yeah. And so, all, and so, and, 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 and imagine this, I am walking down the hallway towards my studio and he just walks through the doorway and I was oh, like, wow. uh. you know what I mean? <laughs> and so all that, like super nervous energy, all of that, like awkwardness. I had fifteen minutes yeah. before we you know, or we get to talk. I got to talk to him before we whenever uh, went on, and I and I'm not going to belabor this uh, much, uh, but we did mention it on the show, and I told you it was coming up. I will just say that I think about this a lot, especially now with children. That I think as a parent, you always want your kids to look up to people that are worthy of being looked up to. And I think that as you grow in, uh, even into adulthood, you hope that the people that you looked up to were worthy of being looked up to. And if you ever got that opportunity to meet those people in person, that they would, it, it, it would be so hard to live up to whatever expectation you had in your mind. And yet every expectation I ever had was absolutely blown away. He was the sweetest, kindest. He was the best. And I'm getting I'm getting a little weird here talking about this just because if you knew how many times I tried to act like him, if you know how many times I threw a baseball against my parents' garage, you know, trying to mimic him, if you saw how many collectibles I have still to this day that I've never thrown away, that are Ozzy Smith things, you wouldn't believe it. And so I had that feeling of just overwhelming joy, like, you know, I'm glad he was the guy. I'm glad he was the guy because that's a good man who cares deeply about people. And it was cool. It was a real moment. And I needed that badly after that ridiculous cowboys debacle yesterday and yes as you said <laughs> i know the video was posted even my childhood hero had to take a jab at me after what took place e- yesterday e- even after even
1: after you showed him the old vhs tape you, you
0: <laughs> what a what a swing of emotions uh, what a swing amazing. of emotions so
1: so, so good Crazy. i mean hey at least at least the grizzlies ended up beating the warriors i mean good draymond oh green back i guess he doesn't fix everything right away
0: Well, I thought it was hilarious. If you go back and you watch his first foul, everybody was waiting to see. So he gets kind of trucked and they call a block on him, right? And this is the moment that demonstrative Draymond jumps up, gets in somebody's face, and he's like, he did not look at his teammates. He didn't look at the bench. He didn't even look at the ref. He went straight down. To the block and set up in his spot to rebound a free throw just didn't even acted like it didn't even happen like the foul wasn't even called and I'm like huh who knows maybe the rehab or whatever is it? we got a change guy because it was I it, it was literally if you go back and watch the first foul he is he's called for a block as he's kind of slides over and I've seen that play a thousand times with him. Over the years, and it's a bang bang. And it's like, this is one where he's gonna get mad. And not only did he not get mad, he just set up his spot. And it, it, you do wonder, but what level of edge is it gonna take off of him a little bit? I, that did run through my mind, right? Because part of the Draymond experience is the demonstrative attitude and the punking you out and the all of it, the energy that comes from it but man i uh they are lamer than hell kevin I, I i don't even know what to tell you they they are athletically deficient which is what showed up in this game
1: that they have like no good perimeter defenders it's it's really crazy to watch compared to what we've seen in the years past with golden state well you just got all these bench guys these guys that were two
0: way guys vince williams and gg jackson and Jaron Jackson are all there there on the front line at one point. And it's like Kaminga's a hopper, but the rest of those guys, like they, they are not athletically superior to you. And there was, you know, some of them are good basketball players, for sure. Obviously, they've still got one of the greatest basketball players in the world. But man, just seeing them in person for the first time this year, I was like, boy. He ain't got much with him. It is really weird how fast that went. And I know it's a game by game. and some games, Clay can look okay. and some games, Wiggins can look okay. In some games, you can get excited about pods or Kaminga or whatever else. But Memphis had one starter. And I juxtapose this to tell you, since we last spoke, I have seen three games in person since we last recorded. I saw the Clippers in person. And I walked out of that arena going, they are the ones that, if they stay healthy, they're the ones that are playing Denver. I thought they were as good a team as I have seen this year, where I didn't, they they won their game going away. And I didn't, I'm not kidding you. I don't even think they tried. I walked out and I'm like, I, I don't even think Kawhi or Paul George broke a sweat. And that was crazy. And Harden's just, Fine, not taking that many shots and just getting them organized. Zubat has got this new lease on life playing with Harden,
1: and then Westbrook Zubats, comes off the bench. The Zubat's transformation crazy. compared to earlier in the season it really goes to show what a point guard can do for a center. Zubat did not look good at all early in the season. Like, granted, he was dealing with a back issue at the time, but like Harden has made him look better than he has in his entire career. Like, what a transformation, just mid-year. You see the ZooBots clip on the Paul George uh, podcast? He said I how hard and like, first first, prac- first practice he says to Zoo after he's like, hey, do you want to spend 20, 25 minutes with me after practice and work on our pick and roll? And Zubat said in the interview, he's like, I thought it was going to be a one-time thing. It's something they do after every practice. (laughs) They work on their pick and roll together. And other guards, other bigs join in on it now. But uh, it just goes to show, I guess, what they're doing behind the scenes as well to develop their chemistry together. And it's translating immediately on the court, too.
0: So I thought they
1: were awesome. And to
0: win, in their last 20 games, they're 16-4. and They've got the number one offensive rating in the NBA. They've got the number four net rating in the NBA. I mean, they. it's not just me that happened to catch them on the right night. They have been devastating over the last 20 games of the season when they've gotten things together. The next night, I saw the Knicks. Now, the Knicks were without Jalen Brunson, but even without Jalen Brunson, I walked away going, boy, they are exactly what I thought they were going to be. When you get to the playoffs, they are going to be a bitch to deal with. And mega impressed with how the Mitchell Robinson thing is not nearly as devastating as it could have been, because Hartenstein is he's doing a lot of the Zubot stuff. He has got some big, big rebounding and production nights. I know they got dropped uh today by Orlando, but and I, and and Ananobi's obviously in the mix with them now. I'm just saying, in the three games I saw, like Golden State ain't close to those they ain't close to what I saw with the Clippers and they're not, they're not the Knicks. Like they're just not that level of team. When I, when I, when I saw all three, cause that's the last three I saw. And I walked out impressed with the Clippers, wildly impressed with the Clippers. Um, The Knicks, I thought, boy, and that's without Brunson. And, and, they're gonna be exactly what I thought they were gonna be, which is a team that you're you're that's not a fun draw at all. And this Warriors team, I walked out of the arena going, what the hell? Bro, they don't have it, there is no Desmond Bay, there is no John ja Moran, there is no Brandon Clark, there is no Steven Adams, there's it, they have no Marcus Smart. They have one starter. One. <laughs> <laughs> they're playing gg jackson vince williams
1: jacob gilliard like and they lost by nine it was crazy it was jaron jackson jr in the memphis hustle pretty much dude and go look at jaron jackson he was four for 20 mm-hmm. so it wasn't jaron that did him in it that just no, it, it and was, was just, really it was it was not triple j it was Double G, GG Jackson. Oh GG Jackson God. Second game in a row. He was good versus the Knicks. I didn't I didn't watch the Grizzlies Knicks game. I just went yep. back and watched <laughs> All of Gigi you don't Jackson. say, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want, I mean, I didn't spend my Friday night doing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, but it was Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, but I don't blame you. If whatever. you never saw it. <laughs> I, I went back and watched all of GG Jackson's offensive possessions, and like he replicated it again today. I watched most of today's game, I'm flipping between different stuff, but yeah, the GG GG looks good in his two last two games with, with Memphis. It really goes to show how much situation. Can matter because even though he didn't, I, his numbers in the G League shooting the ball aren't nearly as good as they've been the last two games. The fact he's progressing, like he had a play, I think, in that Knicks game where I saw him block a shot or grab a rebound and then he just goes full send sprint down the court, you know, to call in for the ball and transition and it resulted in nothing. It was a missed corner three by one of his teammates and I'm like, dude, the hustle, the intensity is there. Play after play after play. It's not just spot up shooting and attacking closeouts. I, I'm very, very impressed by Gigi Jackson. I'm glad also that he got that post-game interview with Shaq where he had that moment Amazing. afterwards. It was very wholesome. Uh, it was just cool to see. Uh, nice to see him, you know, grow, grow and, and develop in this Memphis situation and this is the type of silver linings like we talked about last week after the jaw injury whether it's Bane who's out now or Triple J or someone like Gigi Jackson getting more touches there are you know positives that could come from obviously what is a disappointing season for the Grizz
0: you would love the innocence of this kid too because much like how I now in my older age I'm sitting here talking about like meeting your heroes that's how Gigi Jackson acts every game after Mm -hmm. they played the Mavericks he got in like at the end of the game. Then after the game, he like ran up to Kyrie Irving and like oh, sort of wow. talking in his ear and stuff. <laughs> and then he, hey, and then he went up to Luca because Luca and Kyrie <laughs> both came. Hey, how about this? now imagine this. Luca and Kyrie both came over to Ja to just say, hey, that was the first game after. And he was like, yeah. hey, really feel terrible for you, blah, blah, blah. Just like talking to him. Gigi Jackson kind of like walked in the middle of it and he's like, hey, you know me, right? And they're like, who the hell is this guy? But he's like every game meeting his heroes now. And then that moment perfectly summed it up where he hears Shaquille O'Neal's voice through the headphones and he just can't believe it. He just (laughs) turned 19. He is the youngest player in the NBA. And back-to-back 20-something point performances is a... It's pretty unbelievable. I'm going to ask you a question, too, because I think this is a fascinating one. Um, I was with, um, for those that don't know, the commissioner of the uh, G League is uh, Sharif Abdurahim, who I've gotten to know. And I saw Sharif. I think I mentioned that I'd seen him uh, when when I was at the uh, in-season tournament. Uh, Yeah, I did, because we had run into Jeff Foster and Austin Crozier. They were there for the Pacers or whatever. When I was talking to him, one of the things we're talking about was Gigi Jackson, who was playing very well in the G League. And I was asking him, I said, I wonder if there's going to come a time because a scout had posed this to me. They said, if he was in this year's draft, he would go in the top 10. Like, this is a bad draft, right? And he was playing extremely well as an 18-year-old in the G League. And and they said, I wonder if that will ever happen, where a guy has a crap year in college, or maybe college isn't working out, stop for him, whatever, and instead of transferring, actually goes to the G League to improve draft stock, proves himself there, mm-hmm. and then enters the NBA draft, instead of getting drafted, whatever, forty seventh, and getting a two-way contract and That's then trying to work your though. way up. I know. It's, co-
1: it's complicated because, it, like, in theory, if he had done that, he might go to the Ignite and the Ignite are an absolute disaster, right? Like, I know. like their team is losing every game. Their are prospects that, you know, everybody had ranked in the top 10, like, I might I might not have any of them in my top ten when my big board drops next week. Like I'm not sure where to put Holland and Buzelis. Mm-hmm. It's hard to judge those guys in that situation A- in comparison to guys like you're mentioning Gigi Jackson. If he were in this situation and you're, and you're judging what he's done with the Memphis Hustle, he's in a, an environment surrounded by a, a better supporting cast, a better infrastructure uh, than the Ignite have. And he's, mm. and never mind all the college basketball players like Kevin McCullough with Kansas, one of the best teams in the country and he's one of the faces of that team like it's it's very complicated to judge those guys compared to some of the international prospects that have chemistry built up over years and this motion offense that they run where there's where there's continuity like it's hard so the ignite overall as a system i think there's benefits to it we're we're seeing benefits over the years guys have gotten better there but at the same time, I, I I wonder if eventually seeing a guy like Holland and Buzellas not perform up to expectations perhaps could lead to players deciding not to go there. Whereas for Gigi Jackson, if he had been able to, signing with a non-Ignite G-League team would probably be more beneficial than going to the Ignite. Totally fair. It, it's, an inter- it's an interesting situation. It it, it, it it is it is like a tough Tough situation for the NBA to have to handle right now. At the same time though, you know, the Warriors should be able to handle Gigi Jackson better than they did. What like they are such a disaster right now. No juice. They got no juice, Kev no 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 heart no, no heart on no. defense Draymond no. after the game was like defense is about in, individual you know players coming together we have no good individuals I, i'm paraphrasing completely he didn't say yeah. that directly but he was criticizing the individual efforts and and abilities of their defense and it's true but at the same time their offense is a clunky mess out there their offense has never looked this bad what it is right now and i, I think that largely the Warriors' struggling offense largely is on Steve Kerr. At this point, he's still running a system that they've had for a decade now. Stephen Curry is running around screens for 40 minutes per game. And I, I think Kerr, he said recently, I'm not going to run 70 pick-and-rolls a game. How about you run 30 or 40? It, like They don't have anybody else that really
0: like handles the ball either. You know what I mean? Like, he I, just I, creates for everybody else. Yeah.
1: It's a lot He's of issues. Not, yeah, I, I'm not saying that's going to solve everything, but sometimes simplifying things for your personnel could yes. lead to better results. Trace Jackson. Well, because Davis it's is always great- the second
0: pass with them, right? Second and third pass, yes. and that's and, why and that's they kept on having to, to go get veterans. So they go get Auto Porter and they go get whatever, and they go right, just veterans that can play smart basketball, keep it moving.
1: But maybe with a guy like Trace Jackson Davis, who's an elite lob threat at rim finisher, you use him with Steph more often. You have Draymond back, the two-man game stuff between Steph and Draymond. I mean, look, in the big games that have mattered most throughout the Warriors' history, when they were at their best, even last year in the postseason, what do they go to? They run Steph pick-and-rolls over and over and over and over again. So if you want to save this season where you're in a situation where like what you've done at the best is not working anymore. So maybe simplifying things is something that in the meantime could help. And I don't think Steve Kerr has been willing to make that adjustment so far to help the offense. And obviously, even if you help the offense, that doesn't solve any of your issues on defense. That's still a whole other issue. That's largely due to personnel more than anything else. But I think they got to simplify things on offense this season with this personnel that they have. Get in on all the NBA buzzer beaters, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, and there's a bunch of different ways to bet with money lines, point spreads, live same-game parlays, and you can find bets in the Explore tab or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. So visit FanDuel.com slash mismatch and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be twenty one plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 in 100 gambler. Or visit the ringer.com slash RG. $5 per game money lad wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-drivable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at com.
0: Instead of talking about somebody that's not going right for, yo, are we getting to the point where, like, if the Jazz do end up making a trade? We're going to be like, D- don't break this up. Like, hey, they—they
1: uh, Chris, eight, I told you last week
0: they're not a bad team. <laughs> they've got eight wins in 2024. They are nine and one in their last ten. They have more wins than the Suns, the Lakers, and the Warriors. How crazy is that? Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Well, and I thought it was, you know, look, playing really well, keep playing hard, collection of a bunch of good players that then now have come together and it's build up trade stock, build up trade stock, build up trade stock, because this is for the greater good, right? It, you you just keep on building up their value, which is exactly what they did last year. They were in a good spot too. And they still move Mike Conley and they still, now I don't think they're going to move their core pieces, right? But you do wonder with, with Clarkson and with Sexton and with some of these other guys that have been, uh fantastic for them you wonder if it's if you sit back and you go you know what like all right we're not going to be a seller unless the price is really high on this stuff because this is a highly competitive team that we're going to be able to augment as as time goes on but we don't need to be fishing around finding you know, picks and assets for the future necessarily as you may have thought coming into the season where it's like, all right, get these guys playing well, build up their trade value, and then you can, as their value goes up, you can fill up the war chest even more with what you need for however you're going to rebuild out for the future. But, I mean, the job Will Hardy's doing, uh, the job that that collection of players is doing is rather unbelievable. For them to for them to be in this spot and marking in again he has another what 32 and 10 or whatever he does tonight, they are uh they no, you are right. That not only are they not bad, they have been absolutely awesome. Awesome. And it does make you wonder, you know, what they do going into the next month.
1: I still think with them, you know, like it's not necessarily a bad thing to say move Jordan Clark's. But Colin Sexton, ever since he's been moved into the starting lineup and and given heavier touches and more responsibility, that guy has been absolutely sensational for Utah. I he, love him. He, like The scoring ability with him, but also playing a controlled brand of basketball, keeping turnovers down, running that offense. Uh, today, alongside Chris Dunn, who is going back to last season, was – one of the better stories I, I felt in the league. He became a good player for the Jazz last year, and he's carried that over with a, with a lesser role this year, granted, with, compared to what he had last year. But Dunn's been very, very good for them in spot minutes. So like, I think Will Hardy has, has found the right mix of guys around Lowry Market and even Fontecchio. His minutes have increased over the course of the season. He's been a good two-way presence for them. He's found the the right mix of guys, the right balance between developing youth, because you still see Keontae George out there getting minutes. Like in that Lakers game, Keontae George, their rookie point guard, drafted in the middle of the first round, he's been up and down this year. He had some big moments earlier in the season as a playmaker. He like really flashy passer. He had a thirty-point game, and then he got hurt the next day. Uh, but in that game against the Lakers on Saturday night, he's inserted into the third quarter, his typical rotation. He hits some big shots, makes some passes. He's putting an effort on defense. And what does Will Hardy do? Plays him the final 17 straight minutes of the game. He rolls with him the remainder of the game. So I think Will Hardy is doing a perfect job at like finding the mix of veterans to put out there while still focusing on development of, like, George and, like, Bajie, young guys coming off the bench. Walker Kessler has five blocks in the fourth quarter tonight. Like, he's doing both at the same time and finding the right mix. And uh, after a slow start to the year where it was more, like, f- experimenting and figure things out, I think the Jazz have found it. And you're right. Now that puts them in a unique position because you're a young team that has some players that have appeal for trades, so I, I look forward to seeing what that front office does. I think ultimately, but you do you continue what you to did last winning. year,
0: right? You do well. They didn't obviously continue winning last year, but you do what no. you did last year but, but in the kept, sense of they
1: kept it around.
0: The older guys, you built up their value, so now Dunn has value to someone that is a good team, and Clarkson still always has value to a good team. But then you look and you go, but wait. Sexton and Markinen can fit this timeline, even in the course of as we're building this thing up.
1: Absolutely. And so now
0: we have Sexton and we have Markkinen and we have Kessler,
1: just turned twenty five this month,
0: right? And we've got George and we've got right. And so those are guys, but like the veteran guys are the ones that are kind of swooped in, swooped out, and they don't they don't fit the timeline of what whenever you are going to win, you know what whatever product you are going to build out to cuz they're obviously taking this uh at the right pace but yeah they they keep on finding new contributors and you just got to give them credit because uh a lot of teams can start to sleepwalk when you get around to this middle of the season in January and they are punishing you if you don't come to play them i mean a lot of good wins too a lot of good wins they're uh, super impressive. Their they're, they're, they're coach, I mean, is yeah. fantastic.
1: And one of the names we just, i just that's throw throws name out there, but also Kelly Olenek. Like, that's another name sure. that people were talking about in, in trade rumors, yep. but he's been really good off the bench for them. So, like, I think with Utah, they're definitely one of those really, really interesting teams. And also, the flip side of this is, like, we always talk about all the picks OKC has. The Jazz also, for Gobert and for Mitchell, have a ton of future picks. So the Jazz, if they wanted to be buyers, they could decide to be buyers. And they could build around these guys that they currently have rather than being the team that trades out veterans. Those players could instead be salary fill and trades looking for upgrades. So I don't think you should discount that possibility for the Jazz, even though this is more... This is more a buyer's market right now. Like Not a lot of teams are selling right now, so I don't think the Jazz have a move out there that they're going to necessarily jump on. I'm just mentioning that because I think we often forget about the fact that they traded two all-star caliber players. They weren't supposed to win this soon, and yet they are. No. And, hit, and they're in a position where they could try to build if they want.
0: Another team whose trajectory might have changed more recently in the way that we analyze this stuff week in, week out, is Cleveland. You know, we mentioned them briefly last week as a team that was like, hey, man, they're kind of winning some games. Well, now it's up to five in a row. And you have Donovan Mitchell with another 34-7. and seven, And they are doing this without their, you know, they've been doing it without the two key components. And it does make you think about, you know, we thought about, like, how, how would they alter things? How would they change things? The trick's going to be to be able to be awesome when they are fully formed, but you got to give them credit. Because it looked like, ah, are they just going to be middle of the pack, right? They're not really in that, you know, it didn't feel like they're in that class, maybe with the the five that get talked about the most, where you've got Milwaukee and Boston and Philly and Miami. And then I think the Knicks kind of started to get in that conversation. and And I think Cleveland's like got to be solidly in there. Now, we will see how they look when they bring their guys back, but I've been super impressed because they were kind of in that malaise, kind of right in the middle. We're like, man, are they going to have to break up Mobley and Allen? And obviously, they've been doing it without, but I do think that it's been another reminder of how truly awesome Mitchell is. Mitchell is a big-time, big-time star that on most nights, He can be the best player on the floor in any given game. He can be that guy. And so he's been amazing. And I know you highlighted Jared Allen last week, but you got to give it to Cleveland, man. You know, Uh, other teams may be kind of sleepwalking through some of these games, but they are, uh, they're getting win after win. It's now up to five and they've been playing a
1: lot better for the last month. Yep, They've won 10 out of 13 games. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jared Allen is basically a 20 and 13 guy with four assists per game during that entire stretch. Donovan Mitchell, like a 28 point per game, six assists, five rebound guy over that stretch on uh, absurd efficiency. The fact that you remove two players and Evan Mobley and Darius Garland who are all-star caliber or all defensive team caliber in the case of Mobley, and you get better from that, it does raise a philosophical thought with Cleveland. Well, what do we take from the success of this recent run? Is this, is this an outlier, of, uh, a success, uh, successful run here where we're beating up on the Wizards and, and the Nets and the Bulls today and some lesser teams? Or, or is there something to pull from this in terms of the way in which the team is operating and the way some of the individuals are performing? It's probably a little bit of both, that what we're seeing here. I just but, but think I, it's, but I, think I do, I, I, but I do I, think, but I do think Chris, the overlap that we talked about before the season is popping up here where that has been removed and there's a balance in the lineups that are being played now. So yep, I, I think with Cleveland that there is a, quite a lot to learn from this with the way in which they're performing here. And it should probably inform some of the decisions that they do make moving forward.
0: That's right. It's stars and role players the way it works and the hardest thing to do is to get guys that you know to take on a new role right the Celtics have been pulling that off super successfully by putting it now they, they've got one like true role player who is a star star in his role a Derek White right uh, but getting Porzingis to do what he does getting Holiday to do what he does while you know that the lion's share of shots on the majority of nights are going to go to the guys that have been there for the longest the two wing players and i think that many times you can see when when you've got a collection of highly talented players that aren't the most natural fit when it looks good it looks amazing and when it looks bad it looks like man they don't have guy they don't have the guy that just sets the screen the guy that just moves the ball or the guy that right Okay, for instance, that New Orleans team, who's been great recently. I know they took a loss to uh, Dallas, you know, uh, but their their win against Dallas before when they were down some guys. It feels to me always when he's using lineups that augment with some role players or when they've got some guys sitting out, it always looks better. Now, sometimes when it's fully formed and it's all cracking, it looks devastating, but it always looks better when one of those guys is out Or two of those guys is out, or I'm watching them, and they've got Trey Murphy out there. They got Alvarado out there. They've got or Larry Nance is out there, right? There, there's some more guys that are doing the other stuff, the non-star basketball plays. Um, and I do think that's kind of. I think you're right. The Cleveland's kind of falling into that. You got a bunch of guys like you know who's, you know where the show runs, and they can play with just that, right? Got an awesome big finisher. They've got an elite-level dynamite guard. And then everybody else could play off of that. <laughs> and so, I don't know. It's hard to, kind of I think, assimilate everybody back into the mix. Uh, but we'll see. I certainly, they've got my attention, though, for sure. Let's go to uh, some of the other things. Oh, well, I guess any, anything else that happened today, I thought it was fascinating. You wrote about uh, the Hawks. And kind of what they could be doing, but also how this story about the Spurs maybe looking at Murray, you're like, man, Spurs should be looking at Trey Young. <laughs> and I was, I don't know if you happen to see that Trey Young in his two games against <laughs> San Antonio has averaged 40 and a half points, 13 and a half assists, and five rebounds. <laughs> He is like, so if anybody
1: would think Trey Young's awesome, it should be San Antonio. Uh, but how about Trey was comment after the game, Chris, where he's like, Oh, sometimes I feel bad for Wemby that he's open and they don't get on the ball. It's uh, like <laughs> uh, you think you read your article? <laughs> uh, maybe maybe he did. Uh, but but I, I, Trey Trey was uh, that was a weird game. Like, cause the Hawks are up big and they they blew the lead. The Spurs Popovich sat some of the starters at, at halftime, and then Wemby came out in the second half, and he was. I mean, the stuff Wemby was doing on in the court it was one of those. One of those stretches where you're like, oh, my God, this guy is something we've never seen.
0: I got to hear about this because I didn't get to see this.
1: He had zero at halftime and ended
0: up with 26 and 13.
1: (laughs) He he just did literally everything on the floor. I mean, defensively. The rim protection with the hustle plays and the block shots offensively. I mean, he scored a lot of points in different ways, like where they're inbounding the ball to him, lobbing it up to him. Like they were just force feeding the ball to him at the rim and he was catching it catching it, and finishing it. He had this play, a pass, where I think he went into a pull-up jumper from like the left elbow area or something like that. And like at the top of his jump where the ball was, I don't know, 15 feet in the air it feels like he just whips a pass to a cutter inside it was like whoa dude he just he did everything everything to try to bring the Spurs back into that game alongside Sohan who was awesome in that game uh, for them it's like if they had better performances from Devin Vassell and Kelvin Johnson who were combined 3 of 22 in the game it might have been a different result but ultimately they dug their hole far too deep in that First half after the Hawks just absolutely crushed him. but I mean, it still it, was, it became an entertaining game uh, after watching Wemby come back in the middle of that third quarter. He was like, it was crazy, crazy what he's doing.
0: So let's just set aside the whole Trey fantasy, which I don't, I don't think it's crazy what you wrote, and let's just deal with the one that has been reported. I did not glean from the article that you put up that you think that that's the best idea that yes getting somebody solid to go with wembayama is something that is uh, a wise thing to do and would be best for franchise and best for victor but getting the 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 value uh, and you know the whole giving them their picks back might not be the right thing to do in this, because in your mind, like those hawks picks might end up being pretty good because they're they're the wrong way they're going the mm-hmm. wrong way
1: they, they have they have the hawks picks in twenty five and twenty seven with the rights to swap in twenty six why would you why would you bet bet on the hawks to be good in those years at this point where they are clearly a team that's declining right now? Uh, they are they are a below five hundred team. They're in on the play in bubble. Why would you bet on that team to get better? I'd want to keep their picks. Uh, than, rather than give any of them back for Dejounte Murray, who you traded for a reason. You you traded Dejounte Murray a because you wanted the tank to go get Victor Webanyama, which you did. But b you just didn't see him as a future part of your team. You viewed him as an inefficient scorer. Uh, You viewed him as a guy who was inconsistent on defense. He hadn't reached the heights on defense that he did earlier in his career. Like, you traded him for a reason. So I just don't see why you'd want to get him back compared to the option of waiting for somebody else, whether that's his teammate, Trey Young, who would be an absolute perfect fit next to Victor Webanyama, or somebody else, or just building slower through the draft. Using those Hawks picks, using your own picks. I just I don't think trading for DeJounte Murray would be the right choice for the Spurs. I think I'd rather let him go somewhere else and see how that Hawks situation develops so you can properly gauge what the value is of those two picks you have from the Hawks plus the swap.
0: Yeah. And you know, they've got the mission of building out around Trey Young, uh, who is still having another individual league you know, fantastic statistical Terrific. year.
1: He's been great. He, he was very inefficient early in the season, and he's been on fire ever since then, and he's playing the best defense he ever has. He's hustling. He's he's taking charges. He's rotating. Like, his defense has been at least admirable. That's, that's all you can ask for.
0: And to your point, it seems like, and I know it's been a kind of a trek uh, over the last few, but it seems like him and Quinn Snyder totally on the same page.
1: Great. From what I understand, they get along tremendously, yeah. those two. So
0: they got to build out around him, and they've had one hit. The Jalen Johnson kid is a hit. Like, a yes. big time hit. He looks great. Because he had 16 10, seven assists, six steals. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you need wings in this league, and that would be the thing to get really excited about. It's like, okay. You know, if I'm if I'm a Kyle Korver and Quinn Snyder and uh, Landry Fields, all those guys, I'm sitting in a room. I'm like, all right, how we have got to figure out how to build out around this guy. We've gone the wrong way. And for whatever reason, the bogey thing doesn't work and the Murray thing doesn't work. And we're moving on from Capella. and The DeAndre Hunter thing's been a debacle. But here we go. We've got one of the great players in the NBA, a guy that scores like hell, a guy that assists like hell, and we've got him locked in, and we've got him on the same page with the coach. We got Jalen. Now, what else?
1: Yeah. yeah. Right? I, I mean, unfortunately. I think that's just, what I'm
0: doing, right? I'm going, yeah, yeah. okay. It's the only thing I'm married to.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yes, he is the guy you're married to, and then with Trey, Trey, you are married to him, but you're also open to moving at some point later this year. I I, I don't think trading Trey before the deadline makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's realistic. I think you need to play it out this year, see what you can do for DeJounte Murray, see what you can get, and then you enter the draft. If you if you miss the playoffs, maybe you maybe you want to miss the playoffs this year. Maybe you want to get a lottery pick to increase your draft capital entering the summer, and then you can make a big trade to bolster the team around Trey Young and around Jalen Johnson. And if not, if that doesn't pan out, then maybe you could trade Trey for a haul and have a young, promising team. Maybe you trade him to the Spurs, get all of your picks back, and then you can tank your way to top lottery odds and two loaded draft classes in 2025 and 2026 with Premier draft prospects that are rewards at the top. So, I think for the Hawks, they are in kind of at a crossroads right now, and I look forward to seeing what they can get for Dejounte. From from what I reported today, they they want two first round picks. I don't think they're going to get two first round draft picks, but if you can get one and a quality young player, or one and some flexibility, or maybe some seconds, um, that that seems like pretty fair value for a guy who's. Lost some of the value that he had with the Spurs, even though he's been better offensively this year, efficiently. I don't think anybody around the league, at least from the people I talk to, are really buying him as a forty percent guy from three. He's closer to thirty percent for his career. Uh, I I think this is more of an outlier amount right now. Um, and his defense has you know been up and down.
0: One of my semi bold predictions going into the year was that Dejounte Murray would get traded and. Upon that, DeJounte Murray tweeted out, Dumb MFs, just be talking. And so I, for one, am certainly not rooting for him to be traded so that I can bring (laughs) that back up. He's deleted his Twitter account. He's deleted his Twitter account,
1: by the way. After the game, he he was asked about going to the Spurs, and he said, I'd welcome that Popovich is like a father to me. So a lot has changed there. He's openly talking about...
0: (laughs) What? Crazy, what not, he yeah. said
1: that after the game? Yeah. Is that
0: real? Mm-hmm. Somebody asked him about going to the Spurs, and he said,
1: I'd welcome that? Let me see. That's me, crazy
0: if that's real.
1: All right, this is from Hoops Hype right here, okay? DeJounte Murray on the Spurs being one of the teams with interest in trading for him via TNT broadcast. Pop is like a father to me. I would welcome that. But right now, I'm a hawk. I'm going to stay professional and play the right way.
0: Jeez, That's a quote. Please. Wow. Yep. Imagine them coming back together.
1: Yeah. I just don't see you just that. You don't, don't see, think, I, you I, don't see a lot I don't, of quotes I don't, I don't like, like that either. Yeah. I don't think it's the right call for the Spurs, personally. I don't. No. I'd wait. Keep the picks for now. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league and assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply.
0: You mentioned in your article about what Sacramento could do and about how Siakam would be a really good fit for him, but it has been reported that Siakam doesn't see himself as a long-term fit there. And you kind of made the case that like that would actually be a really good case. And I thought it was interesting for you to bring up the Aaron Gordon thing. Because I think that is super applicable here. I don't think Pascal Siakam can be the second best player on a a team that can be there at the end. I think he needs to be your third best guy on a team that can be there at the end. And people can and then n- some, pick sometimes, on the, the Raptors thing or whatever. Nights. But, like, yes, there are certain nights. But, like, I'm talking about I agree with you in the sense that, like, you got the two guys. You've got you, you've got you've got Fox and you've got Sabonis, and those are the guys that I'm going to be counting on night in, night out. And then this thing, this thing, one night he's going to win me games by being uh, being able to dominate his matchup, right? There were, and and then there's other times where it's not going to be as applicable, which is exactly what we saw with Gordon. We saw Gordon dominate in the playoffs, and then. For a moment, looked unplayable against the Lakers, and then ends up helping them win the NBA Finals. And it, but you knew that that thing's running with Murray, and 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 and, and Jokic, and then there's going to be nights where Gordon's a guy, a big time contributor for him, and then there's going to be other nights where he might not. And I do think that Siakam's destiny is to be that third guy on a team. That is a devastating in that role. I think he'd be a good fit, but obviously, like you were saying, who who knows? Maybe yeah. he just doesn't. I I who knows what he thinks. Uh, kind of money he's getting in this offseason. He might just and,
1: not like the city. He might just not want to be he, in Sacramento. It might be that. It might be that he has a friend on another team that he'd prefer to play with that friend. It could be something along those lines. I, I don't know. exactly. We also may what, not
0: feel that they're going to unload, you know, back up the brinks like he expected to be backed up.
1: For sure. That, and that, that's part of the challenge that the Raptors are facing right now too, because you, you get a lot of teams that don't want Zach Levine that don't want to pay Pascal Siakam the money he he could demand this off season. So there's not a lot of teams out there uh that makes sense for Siakam when you check all the boxes with with team fit, team situation, the 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 finances to acquire him, the willingness to pay him. There's not many out there. So I think Sacramento, that's the tough spot like in terms of do you want to give up what it takes to get Siakam when he hasn't committed to stay with you after the season and do you actually want to pay him or Would you rather go in a different direction? Which is why I outlined a plan B within that article. I said, well, if it's not going to be Siakam, why not look at Jeremy Grant from the Blazers or Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pistons or both of them? Because they do have the pieces to go out and get both. They could, in theory, trade Harrison Barnes with Davion Mitchell and Picks to go get Jeremy Grant. They could trade Kevin Herter with Picks to go get Boyan Bogdanovich. And that would effectively give them those types of Gordon-esque third pieces that you're talking about, where Grant is a good, highly qualified number three for your team. Bogdanovich is a better Kevin Herter. He's a more versatile scorer, a bigger defender. Jeremy Grant, everything you said about Pascal Siakam with the ability to elevate his play and, and, and be a guy who plays a role on certain nights is applicable to Grant as well. And Grant is a better defender. Um, like he's not as big as Siakam, but Siakam looks like at least this season has completely folded. He's just not putting in the same effort we've seen from him in the past. Grant, Grant isn't obviously either for Portland, to be fair. They're not a great team. But Grant, I think, is the higher upside defender, the more versatile defender who would fit next to Sabonis in that front court. So I think either either or both of those guys would be welcome addition for the Kings. Much like
0: the Knicks uh, acquired Ananobi, you know this, Kev. When we get to the playoffs, bro, you got to have wing defenders. Like, this is what, and, oh, yeah. and, min, 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 and I know you you, you kind of nitpicked on Jade McDaniels, but we know this. We know they've got they've got wing defenders. They've got guys that they can put on guys on the wings. They also have wing offensive players. Uh, a, lot Oklahoma of, C- a lot of o- Oklahoma City switchable. Guys that can defend wings. Uh, Denver, you're gonna be having to deal with these, right? You know you're facing these pick and rolls, and you know they're gonna try to attack any situation that you're weak at. So you want to have these wing defenders. The Clippers—they just got, I mean, a full bag of them that they can throw at you, and you gotta have guys that can defend those guys if you want to get. It. And so I, I actually think that you're probably better off. I like your, much like I endorsed the grant acquisition or that's who somebody Daryl should be looking at in uh, Philadelphia, uh, the Kings as well. They need, they need better wings. Yeah. They need better wings. I mean, they got to the point where they had to bench harder and they're putting in, uh, you know, they, they, they were starting, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy that uh, I, I saw him start in the first game. Duarte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that used to be on the Pacers. Um, I mean, it's not good enough. No, and Monk's small when he comes in, but I mean, they they need some.
1: They're all too they, small. They need, all of yeah. them. Her Herder's too lean. Duarte's too short. Harrison Barnes doesn't rebound. Doesn't have the size, toughness, strength.
0: Murray's okay, but he's not a mega athlete. No, I mean Mar- you
1: know Murray. I mean? Murray's been good defensively, and he's better than he was last year defensively. He's a better overall player than he was last year. But he, he Keegan Murray should not be your number one. Perimeter defensive guy, he should be your second guy or your third guy.
0: And Mi- and Mitchell's tiny,
1: yeah. The Mitchell doesn't even they play. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so I don't know. I, I I just think with them, Keegan's good. It's just he should not be your stopper. He should be your number two option to be a stopper. And that's where I think Jeremy Grant or Pascal Siakam, particularly Grant, as that stopper, um, would be. I mean, the truth is, is the Grant's Bogdanovich idea within the article, we framed it as like plan B. The truth is that might be a better plan than just getting Siakam. Having those two salaries and Grant and Bogdanovich rather than the one in Siakam that needs to be paid could be more beneficial in the years to come as well because it maintains your trade flexibility to have those two salaries for further potential upgrades or changes in the future. Um, So I don't know. I think Grant should be the guy alongside Bogdanovich for a, you know, a a top option for the Kings. And we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing because we know they're out there. We know they had conversations for OG, even though they ended up not making a serious offer. We know they've had conversations for Pascal Siakam. Uh, It's just a matter of who they pull the trigger on. Uh, I look forward to seeing what the Kings do and I hope they make a move because I want to see them increase their chances to make a run.
0: Bogdanovich is, uh, on that uh, Pistons team that just made a deal. And I laughed out loud when I was reading your <laughs> observations. And I really wish you would have written 9,000 words on the Pistons wizards deal. Now that, that would have been a triumph. If you had, I'll leave if that. You had somehow uh, pulled say. off my, my guy, Marvin Bagley is never catching a break. He's just never catching a break. Can the guy get on one team? That is worth a shit ever, and I and I know here comes the a uh, joke like yeah teams aren't worth a shit because I got Marvin Bagley, but like seriously, <laughs> is this just gonna be his plight? Is he gonna be able to, like am I gonna have to wait until Marvin Bagley's thirty five years old until he's like coming off the bench for somebody and getting six points like he's you know Leon Poe or something?
1: <laughs> so Leon, Leon Poe's awesome. <laughs> I love I, I'm talking about a guy. Where, where'd you, where'd, on where'd you pull Leon Poe out of? Leon Poe's. Talking a about champion. a guy like
0: later down the road comes out uh, comes out well, and he gets you six points. Leon and then, Poe you know. had
1: a short career. He ended up getting injuries and It ended in Memphis. That's why. Yeah, uh, but he's he a, he a, he a young team. he was a young guy. He won a title in um, Boston. He had big games in the finals. I love you know, I I love Leon Poe. Leon Poe, after the Celtics won the championship in 08. My friends and I were at the parade, right? And we're, as we were leaving, I remember like we were on the sidewalk on the left side of the street and I like looked to my right and I saw someone sitting in a car and I was like, is that Leon Poe? And my friends and I kept walking and I kept turning around looking. I was like, that's Leon Poe. And I like sprinted across the street, walked up to the car, it was sitting on the side of the road for some reason. I was like, Leon, Leon. I don't know what I said. I probably thanked him and said, I love you, yeah. Leon, you know, and all that. And and I was the only one who ran up there if I remember correctly. I don't think any of my friends did. And I thanked Leon Poe and everything like that. Um that guy he was super nice. He was very kind to me and he now he works in the Celtics front office. He's equally kind to the to this day. Um, but Leon Leon Po is always one of my favorites because he was on that horrible Celtics team in 06-07, But he's a bright spot yep. as a rookie, and then him having big moments on their championship run was really really cool to see. So uh, shout out to Leon. So Poe, those so uh, those guys <laughs> that you
0: went to that parade with, right? Those friends yeah. that you mentioned, that you went to that. Yeah, parade. they're still, they're still my best still- friends
1: to this day. All of them. So what do they think time. about
0: you wearing this Lakers shit and rooting for the Lakers and being, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, shut up. I don't, you, you went I all in on the Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. Lakers last year. Yes, you did. <laughs> With the, against, against the Grizzlies, you were like, oh, the Lakers, the Lakers, <laughs> oh, LeBron. They probably just, oh, they got to I hope they text you on the side <laughs> and say, you set you sack of crap! If, if if we could have seen you, don't show your face back around here. Don't you ever come back to Massachusetts? You talking all that Lakers baloney? Got to be kidding me! <laughs> Got our friends of these guys <laughs> letting that crap happen. <laughs> <laughs> at the at the Celtics parade, trying to get a Leon Paul autograph. Next thing you know, they tune in, and you're like, the
1: "Lakers, for now. the Lakers, I told you, the Lakers." <laughs> uh, uh,
0: I love it. Trust I me, I love it.
1: It's an amazing transformation, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean i i, I used uh, to I used to be the guy posting on Facebook like in all capital letters, like. F. LeBron, you know. <laughs> so, it, it, like Austin I mean, Reeves? I, I have, I have, I have like an old, yeah, like Austin Reeves. I have an old Facebook post somewhere um where like, I think it was Bill Russell handing the finals MVP trophy to LeBron and I was like sick to my stomach while <laughs> watching <laughs> <Bill> <laughs> Russell. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I, I used, I used to be, I mean, it it, it is wild like how fandom can, can evolve because i was like i think i think most of my friends would say there's probably like the biggest celtics fan among us i was like hardcore every game every night but uh fan i guess fandom changes working on sports media and being away from the team and obviously with my dad and everything not watching games with him but that's the big that's the biggest part of all of it but but yeah that's weird how fandom can change for me it's more like i mean you say i think my friends like we've we've talked about it a little bit i think I think for me, it's more that my fandom and my passion for the game, like I love basketball. I love the NBA just as much, if not more than I ever have. It's just more like the fandom has spread from being just with the Celtics to with every team. So, like, so like, you like when I, when I, which, which is Cat. why I think it's funny for me Cat. in my spot. No, 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 it, it, no, because it's funny for me in my spot where I see some, some fans who say, like, Lake, I've seen Lakers fans say, Oh, you're a Celtics homer. I've seen Celtics fans say, You're a Lakers homer. It's like, well, they, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Celtics fans clearly don't know I used to write for Celtics blog or I know my background. And some of the Lakers fans only know my background who don't understand the way I've kind of, you know, said certain things about the Lakers over the years and some of my thoughts on them that have been, I think, fair and balanced. Um, so it's funny how things can evolve that way. As for my friends. I have, uh, I have never they, been they, accused
0: of being a Lakers homer, I will tell you.
1: You have never. <laughs> You're a bigger Grizzlies homer than Bill Simmons is a Celtics homer. That's ridiculous.
0: Yes, that you nobody. Are. No, there yes, is nobody Bill,
1: that is a bigger... <laughs> yes, no. Bill, no, because I... That's no, a whole Jalen Brown, criticizing him earlier this year.
0: Okay, look. I was on Bill, it. No, Bill... This is where we're different. I am more realistic about my team than Bill is about his. He he was picking the Kyrie Celtics to be amazing. He picked the Patriots to be in the playoffs this year. Like, I don't talk you myself pick, you into... You picked cricket. the
1: Grizzlies to make the playoffs when they were 10 games back from the play-in. They would have. Oh yeah, yeah. You can say that now. You can say that now because Jaws out. They would have. They would have. That that's gonna be your out. They would have. No, they wouldn't Did have. You,
0: look, they just they just beat the Warriors with their the <laughs> Memphis Hustle. Beating the
1: Warriors is
0: nothing. You know what I mean? But here's <laughs> what I know. You didn't hear me coming on here t- telling you the Cowboys were going to be in the Super Bowl. I know better. I know better. <laughs> 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 I know better. <laughs> I know better. <laughs> oh man! You th- you, hey, hey, tell me this: Do
1: you do you want the Cowboys to make a run at Belichick? Yes, you do. Okay. Do you think Jerry Jones would give him power to make decisions and give him final say on on those I decisions? Mean, if
0: he was ever going to do it, it's because he's eighty one and he just can't take it anymore. Yeah, right?
1: I mean that's that's the interesting thing with the Falcons. Belichick had the interview. Or, I mean, really, it's Belichick interviewing the Falcons. He met with yeah. Arthur Blank, their owner today. The Falcons GM, I read this this morning. Their GM wasn't even at their end of season presser. Clearly, that guy's a goner. Yeah. So clearly Arthur Blank is gonna be offering Belichick say in everything. That's a weaker division mm-hmm. in the NFC. Well, and they've been friends for a long time,
0: evidently, yes. right?
1: So I mean I think I think that seems like potentially the spot there. But then again, Belichick also had that quote years ago about, you know, Jerry Jones connecting someday in the future. Those guys have had a relationship going back to the 90s. So who knows?
0: I don't get my hopes up. Look, you know, how we were just talking about how like, hey, hey, if anybody would think highly of Trey Young, it'd be San Antonio because he's had, uh, you know, 40 and 13 and a half assists a game so far in two games against San Antonio. Well, like anybody would have a high opinion of Bill Belichick. It might be (laughs) the guy that he beat 28 to three and still couldn't win. I I I got too much pride. I couldn't even do that shit. I couldn't do that. I really couldn't. If it was twenty eight to three and I lost the Super Bowl because of this dude, I can't hire him, man. And then I got to see his ass every day.
1: I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You know what I mean.
0: And then you got to make the corny like billionaire joke at the press conference, like. I'm glad he's on my side this time. Yeah, I know. That, that'd be
1: <laughs> tough. At the same time, you have to do, you have to make the best decision for your franchise. And the Falcons, if they get a quarterback, uh, they get a lot of weapons on offense. B. John Robinson criminally yeah. underutilized this year, according to my fantasy team and every ha- Falcons Pitts, fan yeah. out there. Uh, Pitts, maybe Belichick can save him. They have Johnnie Smith, former Patriots tight end there. So, I don't know. Well, Falcons are an interesting group a team for him to go to, especially considering the weak division. So if he wants to Super get that manageable. win record Yeah. But Super manageable time, division. At the same time, if you want to bring a franchise to win a Super Bowl, I'd rather do it with the Cowboys. That'd be the team well, I'd also, want to go to. You've got
0: a, yeah. You you you've got a lot more of the components. Yes. But you might not have the quarterback, bro. I'm 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 so desp- I don't want to talk about it. I don't even want to yeah. talk about it.
1: So you think you might be out on deck after he had an MVP regular season? He's just not a him. playoff guy.
0: I love him, but uh, what was that?
1: I know. What was or- that? Horrible. Disgusting.
0: I mean, that was Jason Tatum versus the Warriors.
1: <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Too soon? It feels like that was for Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just it's like my fandom comment rubbed you the wrong okay. way there. Just all, right, <laughs> all right,
0: it was it was actually it was it was. <laughs> oh man!
1: Checking to see if Bill's was, listening. St- an hour, stunk. five minutes in, right now. <laughs>
0: Give me a break! He's not listening <laughs> to this crap. <laughs> who who would? All
1: right. This uh this NFL wild card weekend was not too good. A lot of boring games, unfortunately. Only one good one: Lions Rams.
0: Lions Rams was great. That was a great game.
1: Great. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Other than that, I was that, happy I,
0: for. Uh, hey, hey, and I was. I as someone who follows the NBA, you know, especially as how 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 devastated that city had to be after the Bagley trade, to then win your first playoff game since 1991. It kind of made it go away, right? Yeah. I know, I know that yeah, they are probably definitely. just up in arms, like, oh, my God, traded Marvin Bagley. <laughs> and then they are like, oh, thank God. Jared Goff made us forget about the Bagley trade. Probably. Pretty
1: cool. They're doing it against yeah. Stafford, too. Cool. K- kind of crazy.
0: They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. They've been good all season. Mm-hmm. Been good. Got a lot of weapons. All right. Kevin, it's always a pleasure. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And I'll talk to you on Thursday.
1: Have a good week. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text nextstep 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit KS. GamblingHelp.com In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org. I'll call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY.